Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, and they make the claims. We show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. Very much so. And I am Ross Blotcher. And today we bring you the story of Brazzo. Hey, Brazzo. Brazzo. He's a Brazzo. The gazer. I like it to say Brazzo. Yeah, you say it like an Italian, but no. he's Croatian. But they say Brazzo. Oh, sure. No, I know, but you're saying it like you're throwing spaghetti in the air. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's spelled B-R-A-C-O. Yes. So you'd, you'd be thinking like, ah, Braco. Yeah, or Braco. Braco. No, yeah. Brazzo. No, it's Brazzo, and it means a little brother. In Croatian. Yep. He's a gazer. Yep. Not a geezer. Not a geezer, that'll not be bra- a geyser. That'll be Brazzo in 30 years. Right. Yeah, his whole shtick, for lack of a better word, is he looks at people. Yeah, he looks at people and he heals them. Now you might be thinking, wait a minute, I went to his website and it says that he makes no healing claims. Well, he does and I'll tell you about them. Okay. We've both been aware of him for a long time and he's been high up on, I think he was on my like personal list of like, oh, I really want to investigate Brazzo. And every, I don't know, three months or so for many years now, I've been checking his website just to see, hey, is he going to be in town anytime soon? And I usually know he's touring around Europe. But Uh, but then you hadn't been for the last couple of months. In my window of not checking his website. I happened to check his website. Yes, I'm glad. And I happened to be going to Vienna, Austria to speak at TEDx Austria. He was going to be in Vienna the day after TEDx. What? Uh, Quasi-spiritual miracle. Exactly. Not only was he going to be in Vienna when you were going to be in Vienna. But? The odds must be crazy. But he was going to be just the week beforehand in Los Angeles. When you were going to be in Los Angeles. In these United States. Of America. Yeah, what are the odds that we would both get to see him totally different parts of the earth? Yep. Amazing. So Carrie told me about this and I said, oh man, I want to see him. And for him to see you. So I go to the website and the tickets are unfortunately sold out. Now they're free tickets, but they're they're given out. Given out. Uh Uh, And so this was going to be October 6th and there was seven o'clock and an 830 screening, something like that. And so I thought, okay, well, it's right after work. I'd have to like get down to Hollywood. Long drive, rough traffic. Seven o'clock had come and gone. I was still at work. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to get down there for the 8.30 if I can. And so I drove down there and I thought the consolation is it's right next to a veggie grill. Yeah, boy. The Arclight Hollywood on veggie Sunset. Veggie so good. If I don't get in. I can pick up Veggie Grill. But as I walked out of the parking garage, I saw like in front of the theater, there were all these people sitting and there were little electric tea candles everywhere. So it was all lit up like the night sky, but on the ground. It was, it was quite lovely. And then there was a long line leading out for that second screening. So I got in the line, uh, just started asking people like, hey, is this a line for ticket holders? Oh, yeah, yeah, we've got our tickets. Okay, yeah, I just thought I'd stop by in case, but uh, don't know if I'll get in or not. Thankfully, I was talking to Enrico, that's what I'll call him, who happens to be a healer himself. Ooh. He was talking about What his, kind of healer? An energy healer. He does okay. energy work. Okay. He had gotten tickets for two, but he didn't have anyone to go with him. Oh, all right. So he told me that I could be his friend. Ooh. I made a new friend, Carrie. Very nice. He was already in conversation with this woman and her son, who I think was like 13, 14. 
And I was really impressed with this young guy because he was asking questions of our healer friend, like, well, well, how do you know that you're actually affecting people? Or like, how would you actually test that and make sure it was working and not, you know, like suggestion or something like that? And he was doing it very respectfully, but he had these really like smart and well-formed questions. Wow, like, that's great. Lady, can I adopt your son? <laughs> yeah, good, good kid. Sounds yeah. like she's already doing a good job though. Yeah, absolutely. So we're having this conversation and now I'm all, you know, confident. Hey, hey, I got my in. Then another woman shows up in line and she was also kind of asking the same questions I had just been asking, but now no one has an extra ticket for her. So yeah, I'm feeling really guilty. I assume she got in though, because the theater wasn't full. Okay. For a long time, it felt maybe half full. And I was like, whoa, okay, this isn't as in demand as I thought. But then more people kind of streamed in at the end. But they're definitely open seats. And you were representing all of us, Ross. People listening right now, you mean? Yes, all of us. There we go. That seat was worth a lot, the one I was sitting in. The whole gamma force. As I was following them in, I wasn't sure how well that party knew each other. So I kind of let them all go in first. And I sat next to, I think it was the lady. And I had an open seat next to me. And so I'm sitting there and I'm starting to kind of read a book that I have with me. So this woman comes in with her friend, we'll call her Cynthia. And she sits down next to me and I get the hippie vibe from her right away. She's got like layers of clothes and kind of different styles and a little bit of skin showing. She sits down next to me and kind of makes small talk for a bit. And I can't remember why the election came up, but she was saying like, oh, votes don't count anyway. Oh, oh, they sure did, didn't they? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. If any election ever showed that you can't just win through out political machinations. Yeah, yeah that, too. that too. All right, that's interesting. So I was kind of reading my book a bit and she's asking, oh, what's that? And I'm thinking she's probably a liberal hippie. And this book I'm reading is from a libertarian friend who had lent me John Stossel's No, They Can't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was a little embarrassed carrying around this like big mustachioed photo of John Stossel and his big sign. So I was like, oh, friend lent this to me, you know, I'm trying to keep an open mind. We start talking and uh, she knows all about Brazzo. She's telling me about his shrine, temple, whatever it is, his home base that he usually projects from. And it's called Shrebnyak. Shrebnyak 1. Yeah. So I guess that's in Zagreb. Uh huh. Croatia. And that particular room is called the Coral Room. And then she was asking me, Oh, did you see that Jane Sibbett's here? And I was like, No, Jane Sibbett. And mm-hmm. she can tell, I don't know who that is. You know who right, that is. Right. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, Jane Sibbett is an actress. She was Ross's ex-wife on Friends. (laughs) Ross's first ex-wife on Friends. (laughs) Carol, the lesbian. And that's why I will never, ever, 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 ever write a song about the Sibbett. That was a little uh, shout out to all my Homestar Runner fans out there. Oh boy, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now I'm going to have that stuck in my head. So yeah, she was telling me that Jane Sibbett had, I I looked this up later, she had produced a documentary about Brazzo in 2010. The Golden Bridge. The Golden Bridge. Yes, I own it. I'll tell you about it Oh, you are an owner. Uh, Yes. I mean, not of the rights or anything, of a single copy of it. And there, there was like, I don't know, all this inside baseball, she was saying like, oh, well, he used to partner with Angeline, stopped working with Jane Sibbett to go back to like just streaming from uh, Brazzo.me. Okay. I felt like she was kind of saying like he'd been, not maybe not mishandled, but like he'd been in with the wrong spiritual crowd and now he'd picked the right person. But none of this reflected poorly on him because he's Brazzo, he's perfect. Of course. We were making small talk at this point. So I made the mistake of asking her, so you said that you don't vote, that the votes don't really count. How are leaders chosen? And so she said, well, everything's run by the cabal. Oh. What? 
yeah, she felt that there's this secret shadow government. And it was weird. She said, like, yeah, sometimes I vote, but it's usually libertarian. I was like, oh, I read you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? And so she was saying, like, yeah, I, I don't like Gary Johnson. You know, like, I don't agree with everything. And he's kind of off-putting. But at least he's not part of the political machine. Oh, that because that's the, right. The right. worst thing is to have experience. Right. So I told her that I work as a poll inspector. And that's why I'm always curious about people's thoughts on elections and voting. And so she was so proud of herself. It took her a while to look this up, but then she said, ah, here's the quote. Your vote doesn't really count. It's who counts the votes. And as she was so tickled by this, she started cackling and she read it back to me and she just thought that was the most brilliant thing. Like, yeah, you just said a sentence and then it's inverse. Yeah. It's not your vote that counts. It's your vote that counts you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It is not you that is in the world. It is the world that lies within you. You can say something like that and then you just, you know, make the other person run down the rabbit trail to make sense of that. Right. It's a deepity. I wrote down a quote from Brazzo that is similar. Oh, really? What did he say? From his book, After the Great Tragedy, which I'll tell you all about when we're done here. He said on page 125, do not plan love. Instead, let it plan you. Oh. Ah, okay, that means something. My brain wants to parse it, and then yeah. I have to tell my brain, stop. No, someone I, just said a lazy sentence, <laughs> and you're not going to do the work for them. I tried to. I was like, okay, we'll give this the most charitable, because, you know, I don't want to get lazy myself and be like, oh, you just did the inverse, so, like, therefore <laughs> it can't be wise, because it sure, could be, right? Could. So it I could. tried to think, okay, like, planning love, okay, that makes sense to me. So what would love planning me look like? Okay, so if I just, like, let... My love for my boyfriend, like, guide the person I'm going to become. Okay. Or it sounds like it's saying that love is a force in and of itself that, you know, will act upon you. You don't don't need to shoehorn it. Right. But that's not, still doesn't give me any steps to do any, it's nothing for me to use. I have (laughs) nothing, that tells me nothing. Except to, uh, you know, let go and let God. Right. If you want a similar uh, Right. All it tells me is basically like, don't join online dating. There we go. Yeah, he could have said that. Don't join online dating. <laughs> I hate Tinder. He could have said, I hate Tinder. Yeah, you know, it would equally apply to like, don't go to the bars hoping to meet someone there. Right. With the discos. So, well, all I know is fate had brought me together with Cynthia and I was quickly regretting it because, you know, I kept thinking like, okay, well, I guess I'll go back to my book now. But then she would tell me about some new aspect of the shadow government and Bitcoin and how that's the only way to avoid the coming financial collapse. And they're already trying to take our cash money. And Bitcoin's the only way, huh? Yeah. And then I asked her if she'd invested in Bitcoin. She hadn't. Oh, okay. All right. Great. Perfect. Oh, yeah. The secession of all the states has already happened. The people- Wait, what? Yeah, the people are ready to take the United States. Wait, what? What What are you even the saying? The secession. The secession of the states has already happened. She said that. Well, <laughs> it, but I have a lot of questions. Are, are these Alex Jones-isms, I wonder? Some of the things you said did remind me of Alex Jones. Yeah. But the secession's... Of- <laughs> okay, first of all, none of the states has seceded, but... <laughs> no, it's already happened, Kay. <laughs> second of all, if all of the states have seceded, they'd have nothing to secede from. Because all of them would have done it. Like the last state to do it, what would you secede from? Yeah, I bet they'd fight over like, no, I'm seceding from you. No, <laughs> I'm seceding. What do you think the last two would be? Um, I think Idaho. Oh, no, no. They'd be one of the first. Okay. My cousin lives there and she's crazy. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Ross's cousin. Hey, Kate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
She doesn't listen to my show. I'm sure of it. Washington and Oregon. Oh, okay. They're cool, going cool, cool. to they're they're gonna gonna hold stay. out. Yeah. Cool. Good for them. Uh, so anyways, yeah, she was telling me all of this stuff and giving me like websites to look up. She's like, oh, you've got to go to Gaia.com and read up. Right. Yeah, it's always great when you have a conversation with someone where they're like, you'll understand what I'm talking about when you giving undertake 10,000 hours <laughs> worth of research. You know, in which I would be interested because I haven't heard of that stuff that she was feeding sure. to me. And okay, I want to read up on it. Anyways, yeah, it was it was hard to tell whether like, you know, because she kept the conversation going, but also the way she would say certain things made me feel like she was insincere. Hmm. But maybe she just had a, a high kind of childlike voice. But like I'd say I was an inspector. And she'd be, oh, an inspector. Interesting. And I was like See now that reminds me of Alex Jones. Okay. Yeah. Th- he'll do that? Yeah. Like he he can simultaneously be impressed by someone and mocking someone. Both like he wants to like he knows, okay, you've been rewarded by the system that's in place and that mm. took some work. So good job. Uh, but at the same time, I don't like the system that's in place. So I don't know if I like you. Like when he has John Ronson on, who he mm, likes, and he's right. like, Okay, I know that you're like some smarty pants. Okay, so good job. And oh, you write for the Guardian. Oh wow, that's really He'll neat. Alternately and I know take that that's pretty cool. And then but offer at the same time, all of leaves. They're yeah. bullshit, yeah. All of branches. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I was eventually saved by the director coming up to introduce the film, Yakov Sedlar, who said what an honor it was for him, etc. So the movie started up. It was narrated by Armand Asante. All right. Who's like a tough guy in, in all the movies. He's a well-known mm-hmm. actor. Character actor. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you've definitely seen him in something or rather playing like a mob boss or something. I think he was John Gotti. So uh, I, I loved how the whole film started with this declaration that we all you know, wish for the past. And we all say how like now is such a troubled time, but you know, we point to a certain era and say that was paradise. That was best. We need to return to that. But back then they were doing the same thing. They were pointing back and you know, that's a fair observation. Great. Steven Pinker would agree with that. Mm -hmm. But then, then they were talking about how, but right now we've like put all this technology into extending our lives, but do we really live better lives? Yes. (laughs) and now we have all these social networks but really we are more isolated than ever no (laughs) do we ever take the time to just look at someone or would we rather text them Mm. it was just like you were doing exactly what you were just right pointing out that we always fall into which is the fallacy of the the perfect past right which is not true you couldn't pay me anything to live in the 1700s right it was awful time (laughs) ridden with disease and violence and filth so anyways. And there are negatives to all your positives. That's Yeah, true. sure. You can just be aware of those negatives. Yeah, and it doesn't and it doesn't balance out as zero and it right. certainly doesn't balance out as less than what it used right. to be. Yeah. I just thought that was ironic. I couldn't tell that they understood the irony of what they were saying. Right. Then we launched into a long series of shots of Brazzo. Of course. Now now the movie itself was like, I don't know, like sixty seven minutes or something. It's just oh, over an nice. hour quick in and out yeah yeah which normally i'd be like all right good you like got to the point but it felt so much longer because there was just shot after shot the camera's panning around him and you can see him by the ocean yep 
Yep. Or, you know, like you'd you'd be walking along with him through a, a street as he looks at other people. Mm-hmm. And, oh, now he's just stopped at the, the edge of a building gazing out. And oh, Now he's buying something from a street vendor. Now he's eating ice cream. Here he is in profile. Now he's looking at you. Now you're seeing him from three quarters rear. Mm-hmm. He is like, it's just every angle of Brazzo. Yep. And this oh, is how the Golden Bridge is as well. Really? Yep. <laughs> so glad they made another documentary then. <laughs> like he's uh, usually just wearing like a white button up shirt and some jeans. So I consider him the poor man's Fabio. Yeah, I would have thought if you hadn't told me anything, just showed me a picture of him, I would have thought he was like Native American. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has kind of similar features and he has his hair grown out and it's kind of long and sort of gray, silvery. Would you think that like here's a picture of him with short hair on the front of this book? Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so much. Uh, yeah. From that, maybe I would have felt he was more Serbian. A very friendly looking face. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like a really great guy you could get along with. Uh, kind of a, a maybe a weaker chin. Wouldn't have been. I able like to- a soft chin. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I think it makes a friendly, round, a happy face. Excellent. And when he has kind of a multi-ethnic look and, you know, many very attractive people kind of seem to span ethnicity or it's hard to pin him down. Yeah, so it's just a, a lot of him looking at you and he has, you know, kind of large brown eyes, right? I have no idea. You know me and I. After all that time looking at his eyes, Carrie just handed me this photo of Brazzo. Where'd you get this? Yeah, at the gazing, they gave those to us as, uh, what do you call them? Souvenirs. And very pleasant. In fact, I think from seeing him now gazing a lot a lot i feel like there's kind of two main gazes he has and this is kind of the second of the two the first one is like a more serious soulful doleful meaningful gaze whereas this one it feels like he's got his lip just ever so slightly curled up and maybe like kind of one eye a little out of balance with the other and it feels like he's all like on the border of smirking almost. Yeah, smiling. Okay, I see that. There were times at which it felt a little more like kind of a smirk uh, than okay. the rest of the time. But anyways, he, he always looks pleasant. Uh, the documentary, it, it had a bunch of rhetorical questions just one after another about how do we find meaning in life and where is the true center of our being? You know, that kind of stuff. Questions that a person who doesn't speak can definitely answer for you. <laughs> right. You know, then it's just footage of him looking at you. Yeah, speaking of which, we didn't mention that Brazzo, in addition to gazing at you and not speaking he doesn't give interviews or advertise so all of his following comes from word of mouth so like this guy and he does write yeah but yeah otherwise is uh an enigma and i'm just sitting here thinking as i've thought all along about brazzo this guy is brilliant like he's just figured it out he has people following him throwing money at him essentially making all these claims about how he can heal them and yet, he doesn't say anything. He just gets up and he looks at people. Right. And so it's like, you have found the best way to be this kind of, uh, what would normally be a scam artist, but like, you're mm-hmm. not lying to anybody. You're right. just You're just looking at them and they're coming up with everything. I was like, I'd still say he'd be responsible for that, though. Sure. If people were making those assumptions about me, it would be my duty to say, like, no, no actually, no I don't do this. Right. But as far as that whole class of people goes, you know, from Peter Popoff to right. Brazzo, I think yeah. he would be on the far end of that spectrum where right. it's all kind of on them. From your impression so far, yes, but I'm Ye- going to tell you more later. Okay. Okay. I know. Carrie's, like, promised to ruin Brazzo for me. I'm <laughs> really upset about this because I was just thinking, like, man, this guy's got it figured out. And, like, they show him with his longtime beautiful wife and his child, I think, just one. Yeah, and then they go into his origin story. There's a lot of interviews with people speaking, I would assume, Croatian or Serbian with subtitles. 
And then they tell a bit of his origin story. He was born in 1967, okay. November, I want to say 23rd, which is an important date for Abrazzo followers. Just passed when this episode comes out. So so happy recent birthday, Abrazzo. Abrazzo. So yeah, he was born Josip Gerbovac. It's G-R-B-A-V-A-C. But yeah, then he got his name Abrazzo from another guy who we'll talk about, Ivica. Ivica Prokic. Abrazzo or Josip went to school to study economics and uh-huh. they were showing like footage of him. You could see him like looking very much like a kid in the 70s. They said his mom got sick, I think. Okay. But something was happening with his mom and she went to see this healer, Evica. And, and they did say like in the documentary that Evica immediately was drawn to young Josip and kind of like took him under his wing and started training him. And so they showed a lot of footage of the two of them together. And they didn't say too much about what Ivica did, like his own modality, but it didn't seem like he was a gazer himself. In the book, Brazzo goes into it a little bit. Uh, Evita would use a mirror to see into people's past, present, and future and use that to sort of fortune tell and then also heal them. So it was the same sort of healing, but yeah, matched with this huh. sort of psychic stuff. Okay. So they'd been traveling around and like a mere two years later, like they met in 1993. And then in 1995, Ivica died in a tragic accident. Uh-huh. They were out at the beach uh-huh. and like Ivica drowned in the water. Yes, sir. And I remember I was watching that and like, you know, saying how devastated he was and then it kind of moved on and I thought, oh, wait, whoa, whoa. Yeah. It feels like there's more to this story. Right? Like this feels maybe a little bit shady and I couldn't help but think for a moment like, oh, did he have any hand in this? Right. Who just dies kind of like in the ocean? They didn't explain it more than that. And, you know, they were showing them kind of like waist deep in this water. Like there was footage from that day. It was right. It's just kind of crazy. Momentary There thought. was footage from that day. I'm pretty sure. At least wow. they, sh- they showed footage of them at the beach. Wow. Okay. Anyway, so that raised a little question. But then we moved along. And I guess uh, he kind of took on the mantle from Ivica. And one thing I felt like they never really explained was where the gazing came from. Or like, was he doing something different and then he transitioned into it? When did that happen? I have the answer! (laughs) Thank goodness. Yeah, so this is actually in After the Great Tragedy. Oh, phew. Okay, what happened? Okay, so after Ravita's death, which I'll tell you more about, he comes back to Srebrenik 1 and he knows that he needs to take up the mantle and... He's still kind of figuring out what that will look like. And he goes to visit Sai Baba, who is Mm -hmm. um, a teacher who Brazzo thought and thinks is legitimate. But isn't you and I know is a known con artist. Right. He would. Does magic um, tricks. Yeah, exactly. He does magic tricks and pretends to materialize things out of thin air, but basically just did really great sleight of hand. Anyway, he went to see Sai Baba, and Sai Baba had this big circle of people around him who would just come and, you know, wait for his lessons. But the time that Brazzo went, at least, Sai Baba just walked around the circle and looked at everybody intently in the eyes and then left. And everyone was just so moved by just that, that they were all sort of swooning and crying (laughs) and stuff just during that. And Brazzo was like, oh, wow, this changes everything about my teaching. I'm going to, he had planned to stay there for like a month or something. And he's like, I've got to go back now. This is going to impact my teaching forever. And I actually felt reading this, I was like, whoa, this is too much of a peek behind the curtain. Right. That's quite the reveal. Yeah, right. Like you just bit off Sai Baba's game. Totally. Okay. 
but he went back. Okay. And then he also, there's another justification he gives later in the book for why he is silent, at least, not so much for why he gazes, mm-hmm. but he says that when he speaks, he's always misinterpreted and people will add meaning to his words that isn't there and huh. people use it against him. And so more and more, he has to fall silent. It's just brilliant. If you can pull it off, yeah, not saying anything at all, because yeah, people read all of this meaning and religious significance. And there were all these testimonials in the film of people talking about miraculous healings and the religious significance of what he's doing. And I thought, man, this is so brilliant. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to do anything and they yeah. do it all for Sweet you. Sweet life, man, too. I know. Just like traveling the world. And-, and it doesn't seem like he's charging lots of money for you know what he does. And sometimes it's totally free. Uh-huh. And yet people shower him with money. It's just, it just seems so brilliant. Like, man, you found the niche in life. Buddy, well done. It it seems like he might even be able to sleep at night, you know, Uh even if he had a conscience. I do agree. I could not do that because uh, I would still feel like responsible. Yeah, for people having these misconceptions about me. And people are going to him who have like cancer and stuff. Yeah. So there were definitely those kinds of claims being made in the documentary. They were showing this one woman, she had had cancer and she'd had multiple operations and for a while she couldn't produce saliva but then it, the ability came back and she didn't thank any of the operations or the doctors uh, it was right. just you know brazzo gave me my saliva back oh, oh yep great. similar stuff in the golden bridge where brazzo's gaze would get rid of one tumor but not the other one and then like you know three minutes later in the story Chemo treatments would be mentioned. Uh-huh. Oh, well, okay, that seems critical. This one really guy had uh, he he had the perfect like typical setup of saying, "Oh, I'm totally a skeptic, and I really didn't believe any of this." But my mother, she was in the hospital, and she looked terrible. And he showed a photo of his mother, like from this unflattering angle. I, I talked with Brazzo, and he told me come to one of my gazings, and I did. And then two days later, my mother, she looked so much better. And they told me that she was able to walk 50 meters and she's 80 and she has hip problems. So this was a miracle. So, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty much the the documentary. And uh, then lots of sweeping shots of him ended with his triumphant music. Uh, and then the lights kind of came up and we all just sat there on tenterhooks like, we're going to see Brazzo. The moment is upon us. And then we waited. And we waited and he was going for the dramatic entry or like, you know, the, the delayed entry at least. And so finally then the music kind of picked up and then he comes out and it's this swelling music. Uh, I, I did get a picture of him as he was walking up, but then I felt kind of conspicuous. So I put the camera away. Yeah. He just gets kind of center stage and he's sort of been looking down a little bit, but then he looks up at us center of the audience and then he swivels to the left slowly he looks at that part of the audience, swivels to the right, looks at that part of the audience. And then he did this kind of like more like, okay, that was the first fast pass. Mm. Now we're going to do the slow scan. And so he oscillates slowly like a fan <laughs> going to one side of the audience, then to the other. And then he'd like kind of stop it, look at little sections. So I got my definite gazing. All right. I felt like, oh, he's looking right at me. I looked right back at him. But I, I was trying to have that mystical experience, but I could only feel like, dude, you've, <laughs> you're so clever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's there in his white button-up shirt and his jeans and just thinking like, man, this is great. You get to fly all over the world and see all these places and people adore you yeah. and you just look at them. <laughs> 
for minutes at a time. <laughs> yeah, it was maybe six minutes, yeah. maybe. And then, you know, when he's done, he kind of gets back to the center position, nods, kind of bows briefly, steps back, and then just walks back out the door. And I assume as soon as he was out of sight, he just like booked it. Like, I don't want these people to come out and storm me. And so right. I was trying to picture like his exit plan. Did he have an Uber waiting outside or like right. a limo to pick him up? But somehow he got far away from there because- And if ev- so, did he talk to them? <laughs> Just gaze deep into the Uber driver's <laughs> eyes, and the Uber driver knew where yeah, to go. Yeah, Well, that is quite a night. Yeah. And at that point, I was jealous of you. Yeah, we all walked out kind of silently and reverentially and went back home. Nothing will ever be the same. Did you feel different? No. Oh. But I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Really glad I got to see Barata. Because I wasn't... Ex- the way like the advertisement was worded, uh-huh. I thought that maybe they would show like a live broadcast. Mm-hmm. So did I. Yeah. I thought he was just going to be on like closed circuit TV to Ex- you guys. Exactly. Yeah. So like to learn he was actually there in the flesh. Wow. Yeah. I'm so glad you went. And I'd known about him for years. And he doesn't come to LA the last time I think was in 2010. So wow. This is my chance yeah. to see Barato. And get gazed at. I was totally gazed at he saw you and you saw him and you are in a relationship with him now i like the gaze that sounds great but you know what else sounds great it was very visual i could use something audio do you got anything audio i do podcasts 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 (laughs) they're audio programs that tell smart stories in innovative ways using editing techniques like Like this this. like this like this but let's face it all that smart stuff can be exhausting That's where Stop Podcasting Yourself comes in. It's so stupid. It's just two stupid dinguses being dumb idiot jerks for 90 minutes. Stop Podcasting Yourself. The stupid show that smart people love. Find it on iTunes. Or MaximumFun.org. Oh man, that sounds great. That was audio. Thank you. Did you like it? I did. Anyway, um, (laughs) I too was gazed upon. (gasps) I know. So in another country. In another country on another continent. So I was in Vienna, Austria for TEDx. Um, Given a talk at TEDx. Yeah. So okay. The day after TEDx, I got to go and and be gazed at. And I brought my friend Vanessa from grad school, who I thought I would never see again because she had moved to Switzerland after yeah. grad school. Well, so she hightailed it over to Austria. Yes, she did. So she came to meet me there, which was awesome. And was then she excited to see Brazzo? She was not. Oh. She was excited to go to TEDx and hang out with me. But then when I was like, oh, real quick, do you mind if we go and get gazed at by this healer? She was like, oh, okay. Who says no to that? I'll, I'll do it for you. She, she said it's the kind of thing that like freaks her out, but that she'd do it. And she did. Good sport. Yeah. So we took a cab down to the Hotel Pyramid which is on like the very south end of Vienna. And Vienna's a big city. I didn't realize how big it was. But it's so south that it cost us almost 50 euros to get down there from the city center. Pyramid? Yes, Pyramid. Yep. What's it shaped like? Oh, just you wait. (laughs) You're thinking on the right track, though. So, yeah, we kept thinking like, why is he this far out of town? Uh Like, if you're going to switch countries, and like... you're a big name. Like, people yeah, come from all over. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, why is he playing off-Broadway? Exactly. Why don't you pick a place, like, more in the center of town that's not so hard to get to? Then we got there, and we were like, okay, I get it. Because 
Hotel Pyramid, as you guessed, is shaped like a pyramid. <laughs> uh, yeah. He gets the pyramid power built in, enhancing and focusing his gazing power. Yep. Oh, man, you got, you picked the right venue. I'm in the Illuminati now. It's got this big glass pyramid. Now, I'm curious, were there any stairs and did they go down? <laughs> Actually, there was a long ramp. It was actually, now that I think about it, very disability accessible. There was a long ramp and it was descending. Oh, interesting. Isn't that interesting? Mo- because most of them descend. Most of them do. But at Kiops, it, it goes it up. Ascends. That's correct. <laughs> Hi, everyone from Melissa Scott's church. Thanks for sticking with us. We went in and there was like a big lobby, but then off of that is the pyramid. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, it is this big glass pyramid. You can see the sky through it. And underneath is all this foliage. And I was like, oh, this is the best Sounds place to gaze at. Never mind. I'm willing to pay my 50 euros to get oh, down yeah. here. Cool. But no, it turns out they usher you into this side little conference room. What? With like 100 people at a time. What? To be gazed at. That's off of the pyramid. What, With all why, this perfectly we, good what? pyramid energy uh-huh. like 40 feet away. Screw this. But anyway, fine. Did you have to pay to get in? Yes. So it was five euros to get in per okay. person. But you paid 10 times that just to transport yourself. Yes, that's correct. Um, that's still not bad though. Five euros. Oh, yeah, five euros, not bad. Yeah. That's like six bucks. Before we went in to be gazed at, there were two big tables. One was selling books and one was selling their medallions. Okay. So their medallions are these golden pendants that are shaped like the sun. And you're better at describing it than I am. Oh, yeah. I'd seen this symbol because when he was at his Shrebenyak one, it's like all marble and there's gold over everything. And it's all like this fancy, I don't know, altery looking place. And yeah, behind him, there's always this sun. It's kind of like a bronzish gold, fat in the middle. And there's these rays extending in all directions, but they're different lengths. And mm-hmm. then they're all connected. So it's this very jagged like pokey. shape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the one you have like on the cover of the book there, it, it's got like just a radial gradient from yellow in the center out to orange. And so it looks like a really badly drawn sign for like new or fresh yeah. or 99 Flash cents. Sale. Yeah, exactly. It's like on a bad PowerPoint presentation version of that shape. Anyways, yeah, that's the sun. And usually it's looking golden and embossed. So they sell pendants of that and they're supposedly 100% gold. And Bratso says that gold is healing and it carries the energy of God because our son is literally Father God, not symbolically. Literally. Literally Father God. Hmm. And the earth is literally Mother Earth. She's literally our mother. And so wearing gold is wearing pieces of the son, pieces of God the Father. Hmm. Uh, So he encourages people to come and buy these medallions only at his events, not via the website, because you have to be there to feel which medallion calls to you oh okay that's clever how big are they they vary but i would say the smallest one is the size of a dime oh okay and the bigger ones are maybe the size of a quarter okay and they're supposed to be solid gold yeah so I, much, well, I guess i don't know if they're solid how much do they go for the cheapest one was 150 euros oh wow and they went up to like the thousands of Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I wanted to buy one because I wanted to just send it to a lab and find out if it's really gold. Yeah, or you could go to one of those buy gold places and they'll test it out. Oh, yeah. That'd be a cheap way to to find out. To just rub a little off. Yeah, Yeah. they'll they'll let you know like what the carrot is. Oh, yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, that's that's a big investment. Yeah, 150 euros. I was like, oop, that's a little past. If it had been like 70, I would have been like, all right. (laughs) 
So then I went to uh, the next table, which was the books table, and most of the books were in other languages, but there were two that were in English, and one was After the Great Tragedy, mm-hmm. which is about the death of his mentor, Avitsa. So I bought that one. What is that on the cover of those sand dunes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sand dunes, and then a picture of him sort of superimposed on it. Uh-huh. And then the sun. It's not He's the best. He's looking very pensive. It's not the best Photoshop job I've seen. Yeah. The pendant thing reminds me a bit of old Bob Larson, our Bobo the beaver neck friend, because yeah. uh, he would sell those crosses. Like he was kind of selling everything. He had the the movies and the books and stuff that you could buy. But yeah, like you were able to get a lot of things with certain purchases, but not those crosses. Like he had those kind of right. pewter crosses and those were like a hundred bucks. Those like, really drive them demons away. As like, there's no way that costs a hundred dollars to manufacture. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. So then we all kind of crowded in this corner. And I mean, it just like word had got around that this is where we're going to be entering through. So might as well try to get yourself toward the front of this little, mm. you know, crowd of people. So everyone's clustering toward this area. So we clustered too. That's when Vanessa pointed out, uh, Vanessa's black, and she pointed out like, oh, you know, I'm, there are only two black people here. There was her and one other person. Oh, interesting. Uh, the rest of us, as far as I could tell, like pretty much everyone was white. So we all went in sat down and there was actually a pretty long introductory part where two women came out and gave some sort of instruction, I guess. Were they part of his entourage? Uh, Actually, I think one woman was with him and one was translating from German to Bulgarian because there was a big group from Bulgaria who had driven up 14 hours Mm -hmm. to get there. And who translated to English? No one. Oh. But that's okay. Because <laughs> so, you speak Bulgarian? Because I speak Bulgarian. No, because I was in Austria and I get it. Huh. So I just sat there and read my book during that intro, which was quite long. It was a good 10 to 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that took a while. But finally, everyone stood and this music started. Oh, yeah, the music. Very um, stirring yeah, orchestral stirring, music. I want to say sentimental, but like sentimental is too soft a word. Mm-hmm. Like, a, yeah, it was like triumphant music you'd expect from the Titanic. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Something epic is going yeah. on. Yeah. And Brazzo comes out and he looks at his feet and he kind of shuffles and anticlimactically gets on top of what's basically a folding table. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah, that's is what interesting. he has to perch on. At my screening, he just kind of walked out on the carpet. But in the videos they showed, it seemed he would usually stand up on something, some raised dais or uh-huh. platform or soapbox or whatever it was. Yeah, I would imagine at the arc light where you were, at least you have the audiences like on a You have kind of rake seating, yeah. right. But here, everything was flat, so there would be no way to see him. Makes sense. So, yeah, he had to be on something, so they got him this folding table, but it's very awkward for him to just like jump on it. Yeah, I w- wouldn't say he's a particularly tall man either. Mm-hmm. No, like I would guess he's probably, yeah, I would guess he's like 5'8", something like that. Mm-hmm. He gets up there and- Was he wearing his customary white shirt yep. and jeans? Yep. She see, he doesn't Pretty even sure. have to wear a robe or anything like rail. Nope. Now, I don't think he did what he did with you. I don't think he did a quick scan. I think he started immediately with the fan, the oscillating Mm, fan, just slowly left to right. I also was just thinking, like, I can't believe you scored this gig. Does he ever get the giggles? 
Because I would get the giggles. <laughs> like, I've got all these people. See- and that's where I wonder, like, what's going on inside his head? Yeah, I was thinking about really that the whole time. really want to know How, what's going on inside his head. What are you thinking right now? Because I would have to be fighting off the giggles at some point with all these people looking at mm. me so expectantly and crying at me. At some point, I would find it I humorous. I don't think I would get the giggles. I think I would be feel really guilty a lot of the time. <laughs> Well, of course you would. Yeah, so but I don't think then I would really get the giggles. I, I think I would just see the absurdity of what was yeah. happening, and I would want to get the giggles. And then, yeah, yeah sure, other times I would feel yeah. bad. But know. but that tells but, me that maybe he's you know sincere on some level, just that he yeah, can perhaps. do that. He kept looking left to right, left to right, left to right, very slowly. And on the third or fourth take, if you will, I thought, oh my God, Carrie. You are never going to stand in front of Bratso and be gay's dad again. (laughs) Make this moment count. And so I bared my teeth like a chimpanzee and grinned at him like this. Oh my God. Okay. So Carrie's doing like the crazy pasted on smile showing all her teeth and her eyebrows are arched up as high as they can go. And you can see the whites of her eyes above the pupil. Yeah. Yeah. You look crazy. (laughs) And uh, I think we had a moment. (laughs) Did he do like a double take? Not quite. He's more of a pro than that. And I can't imagine I'm the first person to try to trip him up. But We did just have a moment of like, you know, continuous scanning, continuous scanning, continuous scanning. A little extra time. Lag, (laughs) lag, continuous scanning, continuous. Yeah. So I think he just, just for a second was like, Uh, what is your deal, lady? Oh, hilarious. I I did have the moment where I thought, okay, this is your moment. You are being gazed at by Brazzo. Is there anything you need to accomplish? But that didn't occur to me. I didn't, I didn't think okay, to... we have a good A-B test. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think the gay's like an idiot. <laughs> hey! Hey! Um, I think you would so, agree that you look like a crazy person. Um, I think that I looked composed and elegant. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> so, it was over so quickly. Vanessa and I both guessed that it was three minutes. That is fast. Yeah. And later I heard I people say- I felt like say, ours was longer. I heard people say it's usually six to eight. But yeah, we both felt like there was no way it was more than five. It was hmm. really short. Anyway, he, he went out, jumped off that card table, shuffled out. And yeah, he does. He has like an almost sad little look. He looked real bummed out to me the whole time. Huh. So I guess he had look one. You know, you said this is his look two, the one where he's almost smiling. Yeah. I guess he had look one for us the whole time, which actually reminds me of when Ella is sad. Oh. My dog. Yeah. Just the same sort of like, uh, is anybody <laughs> going to help me? That kind of look. Since we couldn't hear the opening because it was in a language we didn't understand, right. we were able to take photos and we were the only people in the room who did that oh, because I'm pretty sure everyone else had been to? told not to. Yeah. Okay. So that was great. I have some photos. And then we went up to the woman who was in Brato's entourage and asked her what had been said at the beginning. She did speak English and she said, oh, okay. Oh, so sorry. Um... You know, we just basically said not to focus on any of your problems. Sometimes people will come here with a complaint or something they want to accomplish, but we just want you to come and be here and experience this in the moment. Did you focus on your problems? Nope. All right. So that worked out great. Crisis averted. Yeah, I think Vanessa was like, the only problem I was thinking about was that I was here. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, So we left that room and right outside they were selling flowers 
and oh, this yeah. is like a big thing. Yeah, what's the flower thing? Yeah, so they, I don't think they had flowers at mine, but in a lot of the footage, there were like giant bouquets. And I was thinking like, boy, there are florists making a lot of money off of this. And I could only help but think Brazzo must be thinking, hey, stop spending so much money on these flowers. Just like, give me money. Give me the dough directly. Not that he ever seems to explicitly money grab, but right. clearly there's a lot of money being spent on these on flowers. These flowers, yeah. Well, it's interesting because now Brazzo's people are selling flowers. Smart. So you can buy flowers before or after, which I think is kind of weird. I'm not sure why you'd buy so them after. smart. This guy's got it all figured out. <laughs> Okay, so I found out what is the deal with the flowers. It's in his book, which, again, we'll get into a little in a bit, but it has to do with the pollen, Ross. So I'm reading from page 143 here. He says, It's with the help of these flowers that you are being healed. How? You know that flowers have pollen. With the help of this pollen, your guardian angel accompanies you. Oh, no, now you had me up until the part where flowers had pollen. Uh Okay, guardian angel, yeah. With the help of this pollen, your guardian angel accompanies you. That is, I awaken him to accompany you. Wait. (laughs) Because at times, the negative energy succeeds at putting your guardian angel to sleep. And that's why, well, there's more. And that's why we feel sickness, have insomnia, and get night sweats. No, no, (laughs) that didn't make any sense. No. It's all oh, about the why, pollen, Ross. Why did he have to say anything? You're so much smarter <laughs> when you're quiet, Brat. So then we could just put on you. I, I, that's the whole brilliance yeah, the of being whole quiet. Yeah, projection. Yeah, then everybody else gets to say whatever they want for you and fill you with all this wisdom. Projection. I think that's why Jesus has been so successful because when you put it all together, he really didn't say that much. Mm-hmm. And some of it was self-contradictory and most of it is just really vague. Right. And so everybody, there's all these different versions of Jesus. Everyone has their own Jesus. And I think that's part of his lasting appeal. Right. Um, I call that Christ opting. Yes. I called it Jesus appropriation, but I think Christ opting is better. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, he had kind of the same thing going. But what was that? That was rid- It gets crazier, Ross. Okay. I have bad news. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, you're ruining Brazzo for me. I know. Hey, Brazzo. I know. So I'm really sorry for what I'm about to do. Say it's not so. (laughs) I apologize in advance for what I am about to do You (laughs) suck. You know. Like you you anymore. You could be mad at Brazzo, but we'll see. Um, He's blameless. (laughs) All right, what do, you, okay. what do you got on Brazzo? So Vanessa and I get back to the hotel, and we're like, well, we got to read after the great tragedy. Of course. And we both had some Austrian beer, and so we're like, yeah, let's read each other after the great tragedy and see what's in here. Oh, that's interesting. On the book, he credits himself as J.G. Brazzo. Right, for his initials. Josip Gerbovac. Yep. Okay, so Ross... This book is fucking crazy, okay? There is a reason this man does not talk. It is fucking crazy. Okay. Vanessa and I were able to read each other about three chapters before she was like, I gotta stop. And then I read the rest on the plane. But it gets like almost L. Ron Hubbard level crazy. Well, really? Yeah. I mean, it's more coherent. I'll give him that. Because L. Ron Hubbard gets like, you know, almost impossible to read at some point. It's coherent. But let's start with... Brazzo's origin story. Okay. Okay, so you went over the part about his mom. His mom went to see Avitsa, the healer. At least in the book, he says his mom had migraines. 
Mm. And uh, which, hey, I get it. And she went to see this healer and he was still a pretty young man. He was also still living with his parents. So when she came home and said, oh, I I went to see this healer one time and I'm going to go back to him. He was like, mom, what are you doing? I'm a very skeptical person. And I don't know (laughs) if I buy that some healer is going to help your migraines. And she said, oh, you know, I think that he's the real deal. And she had brought home some of his lid. 93. So he would have been about 26 then. Cool. So Brazzo picks up some of Avitsa's literature that his mom has brought home, starts reading it. And he's like, oh, some of this really makes sense. This is really interesting. And he hmm. reads it all. He decides he's going to go with his mom to the first meeting. Just check it out. You mm-hmm. know, but he's still skeptical. He's still a skeptical guy, you know, by nature. So he goes to this Avita meeting, and he's sitting in this crowd of people, and Avita calls him out in the middle of the meeting, and he says, you there, you didn't trust me, you don't, you're not sure if you believe all this is true. What? I know. And Now, I, I picture a young Yosep there, like, with his, with his arms, arms folded. Yep. Yeah, and he's like, mm-hmm. he's gazing skeptically. Right. <laughs> and then he's like, you don't believe it. And he's like, I can't what? believe it. My mind is blown. And so Avita says, come up at the end of this. We're going to talk. So at the end of the meeting, Brazzo goes up to Avita. And in private, Avita tells Brazzo things about himself that he's never told anyone. Whoa, cool. What things? Things <laughs> that no one I, could possibly know. Things that Brazzo could never, ever share with things, us, I'm guessing. Things you just couldn't imagine, Ross. I can't imagine them. I want to hear about them. things <laughs> he had never shared. Just And never just will. things, you know? <laughs> And he just knew that Avitsa was the one because of the things, you know? The things. Yeah. No, he doesn't tell us what they are. Okay, so then <laughs> he's like, okay, this guy's the real deal. And he becomes Avitsa's protege. Hey. Okay, so this is October 1993. Yep, I would have been 11. I was 10. Jurassic Park was my favorite movie. Dr. Doolittle was my favorite movie. Nice. Cool, we both liked animal movies. Hey, Good. yeah, that's right. <laughs> So then Brazzo starts following around Evita on all of his healing touring engagements, I guess you might say. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better word, I'd say Evita becomes his guru. He doesn't use that word, but I'm going to use that word. Okay. And Yeah, it felt like a guru relationship yeah. from what I saw. So this one day, they go to South Africa, a big group of them, for a vacation and for Evita to do his healings. Mm-hmm. And they go swimming. In this the ocean, is, right? In the ocean, yes. This is the part that you found curious in the film. Yeah. Here's what done happened. They go swimming one day in the ocean and... For the first time in the year and a half that he's known Avitsa, Avitsa takes off his gold jewelry. He's he's been wearing this gold jewelry every day, every moment of every day for a year and a half. And so Brazzo's like, "What are you doing?" Well, you and don't it, want to lose it in the ocean. Yeah, Avitsa's like, "No, this is just what I'm supposed Gold's to do." Heavy, I'm being, it sinks. I'm being told to take this off, and Avitsa's like, "Being oh. told, right?" Oh. And Bratzo's like, oh. oh, no, I don't I, I don't think we should do this. I don't think you should do this. And he's like, no, you should do it too. Take off your gold too. So Bratzo mm. does. Okay. Avitsa gets a message from God. The sun? Yes, from the sun. Telling him that there's that he's going to have some sort of, something bad's going to happen to him. Okay. Okay. 
And on this trip, he's already told Brazzo that Brazzo is going to be the next teacher. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot already kind of set up here. Yeah. This reminds me of like Paramahansa Yogananda. He kind of foretold his own passing or his final oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. samadhi. They go swimming and nothing happens. Next day. The end. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not kidding. Next day. Uh-huh. They go swimming. Like when you're reading this, you're like, why did you even tell me that first story? <laughs> the next day they go swimming by themselves. It's only the two of them. Oh, interesting. Because in the documentary, they had footage of them like at the beach, I assumed from that day. Right. So I think that might have been the day before. Okay. So the next day, they both go swimming by themselves. Avita takes off his gold jewelry again. Brazzo does the same. And then now I'm just going to read to you from the book directly. Okay. It happened that only the two of us were swimming before lunch. When I reached the water, Avita was already up to his knees. I went into the water as well. And when I reached him, something incredible happened. As if carried by an invisible force, we were moved 50 meters into the open sea. Read very carefully. We weren't swimming, and we weren't carried away by the waves or the ocean current. It was as if an invisible energy moved us. In that moment, we were only separated by a couple of meters, and we tried to get closer to each other, but there was something that was separating us more and more. Then, I instinctively looked back at the open sea and saw a wave many meters high, which was coming toward me. I couldn't do anything, and I only thought, my God, now it's over. This gigantic wave buried me under the water and began spinning me around through the turbulence. The ocean had absorbed me like a vacuum. I was rotating rapidly under the surface. I held my breath as long as I could, but the moment came when I had to let go, and I simply don't remember anything else. And then he washes up on shore he comes to and he says distraught and weak i ran to look for help dinko saw him first he was floating on the surface of the water with his face down but we quickly lost sight of him because of the big waves then nanad saw him again and it was as if a wave simply threw avita toward him we dragged Hmm. him to the beach he had already died in the water we all cried like children we weren't able to believe that the impossible had happened everyone except our avita could die A second, a third, and finally a fourth doctor came. What? They told us that we were lucky to have found him. For in the majority of cases, the drowned are usually never found in this ocean. Why why the multiple doctors? I want a second opinion. I want a third opinion. Sounds weird to me. I really feel like a camera, a video camera, would have shown us a totally different scene than he's describing. Yeah. Because that didn't make any sense. It's pretty weird. Now, yeah. okay, that not, sounds shady. Yeah, I'm not saying I know what happened. I don't. Right. But that feels the weird way to me. it's described. It leaves a lot of questions. They didn't give any of that in the documentary I saw, but it certainly made me feel like there were unanswered questions because it just seemed like he died so easily. And the footage they showed was of them in very shallow water. Mm. So I was just like, uh, mm. where's the drowning happening? Right. <laughs> How do you drown? Huh. Yeah, Brazzo continued to then wear Avitsa's jewelry. He still wears Avitsa's jewelry. Okay. 
Which, you know, like it, that's his teacher, but... But it seemed like they were getting along just fine. Yeah, there's no like direct, you know, like motive. if someone were to accuse him of having some part in this, I don't know what the motive would be now. Except... Leader Avita of this had, ministry or... Evita had said like, you're my successor. Huh. If he said that. Yeah, so right. that's all like, you know, strange. Has anyone else ever kind of suggested any foul play? So, yeah, that's what's really interesting. I try, I thought, okay, we can't be the first people to have noticed this. And I went and looked and it's on his Wikipedia page. Mm -hmm. It's like nowhere else. Hmm. I can't find anyone who's looked into this. And I did write to Bratz's media people and Uh like as delicately as I could put it to them. (laughs) And you know what? They didn't respond. Uh, Hey, any chance like uh, the guy you work for that he may have actually killed his mentor? So I asked them a bunch of questions. I said, I know this is a very sensitive subject and I broach it with the utmost respect. Some people have raised suspicions about Evita's death and Brazzo's proximity to it. If other people were there for the event and can help us put these rumors to rest, we would love to speak to them and confirm it. Are they available to simply confirm these details with us? Because there, he says there were at least these other people who found the body. Uh, Maybe okay. we could at least talk to them. Mm-hmm. No response. Yeah, I wouldn't expect one. Yeah, I wouldn't expect them to either. But we have to give them a chance to. Sure. Give Evita a chance. <laughs> okay. Is this it? Do you yeah, have more? I'm, d- I'm done. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, as for Bratzo's theology. Yeah, okay. So oh, what is man. it? Oh, man, yeah. Because in the documentary, they're saying how... You know, this is the next wave of religion, and this is what man really needs. But yet they never specify that he has... So what is it? He doesn't have any particular teaching. So so he does? I would say so. The sun is God. Yeah, the sun is God. Earth is mother God. Okay, let's see. So Jesus is real. I mean, like, I would call this guy an end times Christian. Okay. Which really surprises me. Does he teach some kind of eschatology? Does he feel like the world is going to end? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So on page 55, he says, The return of Jesus Christ is told about as well. I would also agree that he will return, but not in physical form the way people think of him. This is an illusion. Hmm. When he returns, he will come to judge. 2,000 years ago, he took away the sins of this world. The moment he returns, a baptism of fire will start. Up until now, it has been a baptism with water. Yeah, what what about Pentecost and all that? But okay, sure. And then on page 161, yes, I, like you, also feel that changes are coming. Catastrophes are going to happen. I see some strong earthquakes and wars between the superpowers. I don't have the right for now to name these countries. (laughs) I see that some institutions will progressively loosen their reputations, but this will be their own fault, for they can trick people only as long as it has been determined. There will be heavy drought, too. So I feel that all these things that happen all the time will be happening. Right. (laughs) But yeah. The ultimate and open-ended predictions. But doesn't it surprise you that, like, he does this all under the Christianity banner? Yeah. Well, he's definitely Christ-opting. I was really surprised that it would have, like, such a end times tone, though. That's true. Yeah, I I felt this was all much more new agey than that. Me, too. God, there's so much else weirdness, though. He blames blindness on the blind person. Oh, Um, no. Yep. Page 22 to 23 says, if you see a blind person, you must understand that there's a reason for this circumstance. For example, this could mean that the spirit of this person in a past life was a military leader who commanded the killing of thousands and thousands of people some hundreds of years ago. No, That's the reason why this same person is blind in order to pay for all the suffering he caused to other innocent souls. 
No. <laughs> yep. Um, come on. Yep. Um, yeah, you deserved it. You totally had that blindness coming. Yep. Oh, this reminds me of Elrond, page 29. In the beginning, I thought of cigarettes as harmful to health, but no, tobacco forces negative energy out of our system. In other words, evil forces flee from smoke. Probably means he's a smoker. Yes, of course. Okay. And he was actually saying that Avita taught him this, but yeah, it seems he's espousing it too. Uh, and then he goes on to say, coffee keeps you awake and keeps negative forces from entering our system. So yeah, he loves cigarettes and coffee, sounds Study like. Study show. He also says uh, that Avita told him, look, Brazzo, people are not good. Whoa. Yeah, right? Interesting. Like, this all sounds... Yeah, none of this is the vibe that I got. I know. From his gazing. Ah. I know, from this guy blankly looking at us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, it's that seems so kind of hippy dippy love everybody you know let's focus on the positive not the negative yeah and if he feels this way this is exactly the kind of stuff you don't shut up about like if you think everyone's going to hell and shit like you're pretty much obligated to talk about it that's weird yeah none of this is helping him right he doesn't need this but if he believes it then you should not be silent. And yet he doesn't use this platform to really promulgate right, these ideas. exactly. So weird. He talks about hell in the book. He thinks hell exists. Okay. Oh, yeah, I love this line. He says, if Avitsa predicted wrongly, word would have gotten around very quickly. He uses that excuse a lot, that you can know if a teacher is false by how many followers they have. Oh. <laughs> and yet there nope. are... Mutually nope. conflicting ideas with equal numbers of followers. Right. And I mean, we can think of countless and, con artists who had many followers. Right. And I can think of other ideologies and ideas that have more followers than he does. Right. As successful as he may be. Right. And that would have conflicting. All right. <laughs> um, what else? Well, there's more. Um, this is just a line that I thought you'd like a lot. Church as an institution has existed for more than a thousand years. True. <laughs> you got that true. right. True. Random number to choose, <laughs> but true. Just like Melissa Scott has mastery of over 25 languages. <laughs> After the great judgment day, happiness, love, and well-being will reign. Hey. After that, you ready? Okay. Atlantis. What? The long lost continent. What? The sister of Mother God, which God saved and isolated to a safe place, will appear. Oh, goodness. <laughs> okay. A- Atlantis. Here's, here's something he talks about a lot in the book. Come it on. Is Plato re- used it as an allegory. It was never even supposed to be. Oh, man. This, he's all over the place. <laughs> yep. This is something he repeats over and over. This is like one of his favorite things. When we kind of act outside of our own preferred personality so when you kind of lose control of yourself you're really angry and you say like god i was i wasn't even acting like myself oh okay you weren't yourself ross you know who you were uh not brazo a dead person what wait what dead people's spirits enter us and take over our bodies and they're the ones who are responsible for making us act weird what this does feel like habardian yep Page 56. So who speaks through our mouths? Well, I will tell you. Sometimes it is the souls of people who have died a long time ago. They simply enter our body and talk as though they are us. How often does one say something without even being aware of it? Never. We have all noticed how someone can change markedly a couple of times during the same day. It depends on how many times that person is being visited by a different spirit. 
Who knew how much crazy could be lurking behind those peaceful eyes? <laughs> oh, but there's more. Oh. Wars are inevitable. Why? Because wars control the number of inhabitants on Earth. Okay. Strong argument for war. Thumbs yeah. up, Brazzo. So, okay, so there's this automatic force that controls war so that it maintains a certain population size. Right. Why can't that thing just make fewer babies? Right. Yeah, <laughs> and I assume disease would fall along the same lines. You'd think. That's not mentioned. Okay. Page 128. The only continent that was spared more or less from wars in the past is... Antarctica? Australia. This is because <laughs> God is protecting that territory because of a big secret it holds. I know that you now have a strong interest in this topic, but the time has not come to talk about this more. So Australia down under is hiding some, some big secrets. Yep. Well, I don't think they're supposed to know what it is. Sure, but he knows it and he it's knows, about them. But it's not time to tell us. But he did write this book like 20 years ago, so you'd think it'd be time. Is it time to tell us? I did ask that in my email. Oh. I haven't responded. Oh, I want to know what's, oh. what's Australia got going for it. I know. Ross, you're going to love this one. Okay. This is page 133. Why has science not been able to prove the possibility of giving birth to two children who are exactly the same or of the existence <laughs> of two identical flowers? <laughs> also known as twins <laughs> or cloned flowers. Wait, what? Are you saying science hasn't explained that? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm adding the, that part. Right, right, right. Sure. But yeah. Mm -hmm. It has. <laughs> what? Asked and answered, it has. Identical twins. We understand how that yep. happens. And we definitely have when you wrote this book in the 90s. <laughs> the blastocyst splits into two separate clumps of cells that independently mm -hmm. turn into identical. The genome is the same. Humans, of course, they have independent mutations, mm -hmm. but uh, they're functionally identical. What? What is he saying? He wrote this book in 2001. Yeah, no, like, we'd figured that out yeah. then too. Yeah. Not so, brazo. <laughs> Yeah, and then finally, I just wanted to give you this example um, of him defending not speaking. Oh, now I'm just going to see him as a crazy guy. Yeah, I know. He's crazy. Why did you uh, do this? <laughs> page 163. Whenever you step in front of me, I speak less and less because my words are being misinterpreted. Because as you can see, I mean, all this stuff that he just said is perfectly rational. I'm sure he'd say we misinterpreted them because <laughs> we didn't like them. <laughs> right. Ross, I just read you... The highlighted stuff on this endless document I made of crazy quotes. Oh, wow. Those are the highlights. Yeah. We'll put this up uh, on our Facebook at least. Okay. But, uh, yeah, oh my gosh, this book uh. is crazy. And then there's a movie. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you saw the 2010 film. The Golden Bridge. The Golden Bridge. Not as crazy as the book, I gotta say. The Golden Bridge, like you said, is made by Jane Sibbett. I will uh, never, ever, 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 ever write a song about the Sibbett. Yeah, you know, most of it is testimonials. Oh, you look so pleased with yourself. <laughs> Do you want to have a moment? No. <laughs> now the song is playing in my head and I'm, I'm planning to show it to you later. Okay, good. You know, I still think often of how well you showed me Too Many Cooks. Yeah? Yeah, because I'm sure, okay, I'm sure all our listeners know what Too Many Cooks is. And you don't want to ruin it for somebody. Oh, no, I'm going to ruin it. Okay. Well, maybe But not. you're saying I didn't ruin it for you. Right. Yeah, you prepared me for it in the best possible way, which was you were driving the car, you handed me your phone with it all set up, and you said, oh, uh, just watch this really fast, it's really funny, don't worry, it's quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for me, I did that well. <laughs> 
it was, it was not, not quick at all. It was not quick. It's 11 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I got just thinking like, oh, ha, 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 that's great. Anyway, oh. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, that's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> that just went on over and over and over. <laughs> anyway, okay. Yeah, the Golden Bridge has lots of testimonials. So many testimonials. I just was bored watching it but you know people who claimed uh, their kids had gotten better or they showed a picture of their grandma and then their grandma felt vaguely better and you know most of them were very vague it would be and you were saying that people like when they're in front of Brazzo, they'll hold up pictures yeah yeah but I'd... she encourages you to do that's on his website yeah i don't know if i noticed that like in any of the videos i saw that's huh. interesting so. okay yeah okay. But it seemed like he had the full power to do distance healing. And there was no discussion of like whether his gaze over a TV screen was in any way less potent than his in-person gazing. Did you ever get an impression? I remember hearing that it was the same. But then I thought like, well, why go see him? Yeah, exactly. Why do you need to see him in person? So it just seems implicit that being there is better. Right. All the people in the testimonials did seem to be of the like sort of metaphysical ilk okay yeah and and again that's why i was getting the new age uh, right. vibe from this now is there anything with like aliens just curious uh no because it feels like we're getting the kitchen thing. sink here yeah no nothing that i noticed about aliens he does believe in reincarnation he said okay. that a soul is reincarnated seven times oh okay yeah very specific so, I don't know. I guess I see a connection there. They're like, I guess you could be reincarnated to a different planet. It's interesting because I've seen it both ways where there's people who believe in past lives but don't really ask for or call for past life regression. Does he ever talk about that? Not that I saw. Okay. Not in, not in the two things I saw anyway. Yeah. Okay. I did watch the trailer for The Golden Bridge and, and just kind of low production value. It's very low production values. Okay. Very, very. There's one really great scene, though, where he's trying to swim with dolphins and the dolphins, like, clearly want to get away from this guy. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> Don't know why they left it in. One of the things I noticed in these testimonials is that a lot of people mentioned noticing, like, having trouble focusing on him. They'd say, like, oh, I'd stare at him for a while and then his face would disappear or his face would get dark or I'd stare at him for a while and then he'd become a fuzzy shape, which uh, actually, like, We've is experienced we've in another experienced. investigation that we have not shared with you yet. Right. We've recorded two episodes and we're holding on to them. But this is something you can practice with a friend. Stare at them long enough, their face will disappear. Easy. Yep. Um, (laughs) Jane outright says, so many people have experienced his healing energy. This energy has healed physical ailments. I mean, they're outright using this healing language. And then on the website say he doesn't claim to be a healer. Yeah. What? Yeah. And I'm sure he gets right of, you know, refusal over these documentaries. I'm sure he could say like, hey, really, I'd appreciate you not making those claims. Right. Oh, yeah. And he's selling this stuff. Okay, Ross. Yeah. But here's maybe my favorite thing. Oh, Carrie's got her arms outstretched. She's smiling. Nah, my favorite thing. All right. Okay, so I'm watching this video. I'm like, oh, this is boring. Drew comes in. He's like, you still watching this? I'm like, I know. And then we get to this moment where Jane Sibbett says, you know, Brazzo's actually submitted to many scientific tests. My oh. My ear perks up and I say, many. What? And guess what they were, Ross? Uh, No, don't guess. You'll never get there. Okay. Okay. If you were a person who gazes and never speaks and your eyeballs are what heals people, Mm -hmm. what would be the last thing that I should test about you to see if it is healing? 
getting a proctology exam. <laughs> okay. Maybe like more on target though of like what makes the least sense if you never speak. Okay, looking at your vocal cords. Yeah, testing your voice. So they what take the science. They take the test? silent gazer and they test they his test voice. His voice. What? What? Wait, but that wasn't the only test, right? Um, no, that's the only one they go through. That they actually like detail. Yes. So, okay, this is And was the it test. found to have healing properties? Uh, sort of, let me tell you about okay, it. Okay, okay. Okay. So, she says it's been scientifically measured. So they they took Brazzo to this studio here in LA, this place called Innersense. That's with two ends, I N N E R. Run by a guy named Don Estes. They had him Talk into a microphone, which we don't get to see, of course, because we can't hear Ross. They do like a voice polygraph? They run it through what they call a supercomputer, which looks like a computer to me, (laughs) and um, run a voice analysis. (laughs) Then Don Estes said, and they sent us back, it sends us back a plethora of data about how the energy is distributed. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. Okay, so then... So someone had a waveform, and they were just really... Oh, no, 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 Ross. Oh, it's crazier. Okay, so then on the computer, it says... I, like, paused it and looked at, like, what was actually on the screen. On the screen, it said, compute oral rendering. And then it said, full-spectrum harmonic reinforcement. And then it said, the magnitude norm is 621.098. And I was like, the magnitude norm? Because that's like not something we measure. Like you and I are taking audio all the time. We don't measure magnitude Magnitude norm. norm. And magnitude means size. It's not a, like you could have the magnitude of something. Right. You don't just measure magnitude. Magnitude norm. Okay. So the average. uh, Average size of what? Yeah. Of what? Of what? The waveform, which you could push or pull to any size you want it to be? Yeah, this doesn't mean anything. Okay. So then Don says, again, Don's the guy testing it. He says, oh my God. This is 621 units of energy. That is above normal. There's usually maybe 350 to 400 units of energy. Oh, that is all bullshit. And then he turns it into this like weird picture that looks kind of like like a portal. And he says, this is a portacle. Not a portal. A portacle. A person with a portacle like this would be easily able to move between the different dimensions without getting blocked off in any Oh my way. goodness, that is such concentrated nonsense. Okay, so I did two things. First, I called our friend Victor, mm-hmm. who is uh, an audio engineer, and I said, have you ever heard of <laughs> magnitude or magnitude norm? Halfway through my story, he said, bullshit. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I got to the end of the story and he said, okay, I've, I've never heard of magnitude norm. That's not to say it doesn't exist. Maybe talk to a seismologist. And I was like, yeah, we're stretching here, but okay. But he's like, yeah, no, never heard of magnitude norm. Okay. Then I emailed Don Estes, who okay. owns Innersense. Okay. And I said, hi, uh, you know, I watched this thing, kind of confused. I work with audio myself. What is magnitude norm exactly? And I got the greatest response. Okay. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for your interest in our science and technology. Magnitude is the same thing as amplitude, but without the positive or negative sign. It's absolute value. It's absolute value of basically your volume. What? So basically, Brazzo was speaking either loudly, loudly or softly. Or close to the microphone. <laughs> Probably. So I could come in and do this 
and they would say, wow, that magnitude could create portals. You can move between dimensions. Come on. Then he went on to say, the day Bratso came to see me, he had just lost his lifetime mentor and was very sad. The program that was used was a first-generation process that required that the voice be sent over the internet to be processed. Okay. The latest version is a real-time system that occurs right on a person's laptop. You can check out more about this process at theportacle.com. But I thought you needed a supercomputer. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, so Robacum was like, oh, okay, you know, now you say it's pretty much the same as Amplitude. That that makes much more sense. So, you know, essentially that's volume. I mean, I know it's not completely, but I guess I'm struggling to understand why Brazzo's voice would be more energetic than the average person's voice then. It seemed from the video that you were saying that his amplitude was stronger than average and that this indicated that his voice was special. Did I misunderstand? <laughs> and then he didn't write back. Okay. End yeah. of transmission. So that seems like nonsense. Then the other scientific backing they had was that they talked to this woman named... I want to see a film now. Brazzo versus the evil eye. Do they cancel each other out? Why? Well, you know, like someone gives you the evil eye and he's got the good eye. Oh, 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 right. Oh, his like, eye. Yeah, what yeah. if he looks at someone giving the Ooh, evil eye? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they cancel out? Is he out? like the Kabbalah red string bracelet? Is it, is it like Harry and Voldemort, you know, where like their energies if meet If he wears one of the red string bracelets, is he just a superpower? These are the questions <laughs> that need to be answered. We need more tests. Okay, so Dr. Jan Ellison is the other person. Hi, Jan. Hi, Jan. She lives in Hawaii. She said, My experience with the voice of Brazzo is that it is the imprint of the energy field of the divine. Yeah, like you were saying, why are they listening to his voice? He doesn't use his voice. Yeah, I know. I looked up Dr. Jan Ellison of Hawaii. Well, first of all, this is not a scientific test. This is one person giving a quote. But second of all, Dr. Jan Ellison, with all due respect. Why is Teller such a good magician? Well, let's look at his voice. Right. (laughs) This whole thing started with them saying he's been through many tests, Uh and then they just gave me this woman's quote, what? But second of all, with all due respect to this woman, her doctorate is from a paper mill university that was closed 10 years ago by the Board of Education. So I don't think he has passed any scientific tests. Doesn't sound like it. It doesn't seem like he has. Maybe he has, but if so, they didn't tell us about them. Brat, so if you're listening, we can get you tested. Yes, yeah, we the, can. Yeah, oh, the we'd be I, so happy to. The IIG will gladly test your abilities. Yeah, your voice, if that's what you want, or your gazing, which mm-hmm. seems more appropriate. Yeah. Oh, why you keep having people test your voice? Oh, but speaking of the voice, they do have one recording of his voice on the Golden Bridge. It's a special feature. You can listen to him babble at you in Croatian because they say it doesn't matter whether you speak it. There's just like such a special experience of hearing his voice. And is he speaking in a babble? But the only reason I say babble is because we did have two volunteers translate it and it is just nonsense. It's just like the huh. spark of life that is in you is so good. And I believe that everybody should be the spark of life. I am Brazzo. You have come to see me, Brazzo. Testing. It is good One, to, two, three. It is good to be the spark. The spark <laughs> is you. Life is sparky. Be good and be the spirit. The That's spirit weird. So is he's, wonderful. He's intending that people will not understand him, I guess? I'm sure people do when they see him in Croatia. Huh. I think it's, I mean. Because it sounds like he's doing a mic test or something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm being playful about it. They're sentences. Okay, all right. 
But both of our translators have to be anonymous, so we'll call them Carrie's house numbers three and four. Yeah. Thank you, Carrie's house numbers three and four, which are Ross's house numbers four and three. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So? Okay. All right. Fine. You ruined him for me. Hey, guys, I have to interrupt this episode to tell you that Ono, Ross, and Carrie is supported in part by BarkBox, a monthly package of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme. And they actually sent me and Ella Poppy a bark box, and it was the best. So every month they pick the best all-natural treats. They're made in the USA or Canada, and they send these toys. And basically, they they figure out like what size your dog is, and well, you tell them the size your dog is. It's not like they're magical, and then uh, send you treats and toys around like the size of your dog. Then every month you get these surprise treats and Ella was really, really into them. And then because it was November, she got special Thanksgiving toys and it was very, very exciting. And if your dog doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox will send you something that they'll love for free. So that's pretty neat. And Ono, Ross, and Carrie listeners can get a free extra month of BarkBox when you sign up for a 6- or 12-month plan. You just visit BarkBox.com slash Ono, that's O-H-N-O, when you subscribe. All right, let's take this to the ratings. Okay, here okay, we go. Okay, uh, pseudoscience. Scale of one, not very pseudoscience-y, like something scientific, like evolution by natural selection. Heard of it. Okay, whereas 10, something not at all scientific. Okay. Like, jeez, um, I don't know, like uh, your hair is, you know what, your whole body, every single cell is not actually like carry cells, they are goat sperm cells. <laughs> That's nutty. Okay. Well, that's why it's a 10. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I think faith healing is pretty much always pretty high on this list, and I'm not buying any of this nonsense that he doesn't make healing claims. Like, he makes them a bunch of times and then talks out of both sides of his mouth. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doesn't talk out of his mouth, and he's just very confusing. Um, and then tests his own voice. Okay, weirdo. And then the stuff with the portacle that's on his DVD, good grief. Yeah, no, I'm going to stick him up there. I'm going to give him a nine. Cole Porter is a great musician. Okay. All right. Focus. You know, I'm not going to ding him that much because I think he could be more explicitly abusive of his platform. Mm -hmm. I think you have to dig a little bit. Like, you know, I had my whole experience and I did all that without hearing any of the crazy. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have to be a little determined to get to the crazy. Uh And you are very determined. I'll be gracious. I'll say five, but it's oh, wow. but it's there. When you get to it, it's pretty intense. Yeah, uh, but it, it seems like you can have the whole brazo experience and cry and feel good about yourself without necessarily buying into all that. Yeah, and yeah, he should speak out against the claims, but he's he's not being as bad about it as I think he could be. All right, I think you're in love with him. Maybe I'm not going to rule it out. What about pocket drainer value on a scale of one to ten? Where one is Spending 25 cents on some popcorn to feed some cute little pigeons. Oh. And 10 is something incredibly. Yes. Beautiful. Quarters. (laughs) (laughs) A bag of popcorn. You know, my first solo was that song. Really? Yep. Seventh grade. The way I just sang it. Quarters. Quarters. Trump Pence. Quarters. A bag of popcorn. That was Walt Disney's favorite song. Aw, yeah. For him. He used to have the uh, Sherman Brothers play it for him regularly. I think Mary Poppins is like unappreciated as a funny movie. 
Oh, I agree. Yeah. Oh, it's smart. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen Mary Poppins as an adult, watch it again. Yeah, it's real good. It's clever. Okay. And 10 is something incredibly pocket draining. Like you go to Disneyland, you pay $90 to get in because you're a fucking adult. And then you're like, oh, well, surely I get to stay for the October celebration that is going on tonight. Oh, no, that's an additional $73. I have to pay $160 to come here and trick-or-treat at night. (gasps) What is going on? This is a racket, and I am not not going to endure this as long as Barack Obama is my president, which he still is for a couple of months. Thank you, Obama. You've been a very good president. That's what she cries. While overhead, her birds fill the skies. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) I'm guessing this is based on a true story. Uh, All right. On that scale, I'm going to give him, I'm going to say three, maybe even less. Uh No, I'll say 2.5 because there's no explicit demands for cash. And I think he could find ways to make even more bank out of this. I don't know how he's doing. It feels like a lot of money is thrown his way, but none of it was like an explicit cash grab. It feels like it's voluntary, the cash flow. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not going to give him uh, two. Okay. I think that's fair. I do want to say while we're on the subject of money, there were some weird things in there about in the book about money, but none of it was about giving him money. Do you get any sense of like his lifestyle? Does he live on the he high He talks hog? a lot about how he loves fast cars and how Ivica also loves fast cars, which seems kind of like his excuse. Hmm. Like, oh, well, there was a precedent for this. Also like the Matreya, who was a race car driver. Yeah, good point. Yeah, so I think he's like keeping enough money to live well, so to speak. He says, if I offer to lend you money, you should take it, but don't ask me for money because that means that you're focusing on the material and you should be focusing on the spiritual. Hmm. Um, That's the sort of thing that usually people preach but don't practice. Right. But I didn't get any indication of him living an extravagant lifestyle. Right, yeah. I Other do than think... his marble palace with yeah. gold laid over everything. Which, you know, Avica, I think, created. So, yeah, I think this is, if we're going to be fair, like this is the place that he's not being too much of a dick. I think he's found this sweet little niche where he can have a really nice life without pushing it quite too far. Yeah, yeah. I See, I feel like there's a lot of additional room for abuse that he is not taking. But I also think if he if he did, he knows he would lose everything. So I'm not giving mm. too much credit for it. Okay, but you know when you look at how many people have overshot their reach. But he talks in the book about how when he came back, he mentions this obliquely. But he says people were really questioning me, and people like didn't seem to trust me. And I think like people thought he murdered Avitsa. Oh. And so, you know, he kind of went silent. Or maybe like when he spoke his mind more, people started to react negatively. Yeah, maybe. And so too. he withdrew into a silence. So I don't know. I think he's just found this place where he can live like a pretty sweet life, but he's just not pushing any other you know, pushing it any further. So whatever his motivations, it's not expensive. The most expensive thing is getting a pendant, but you only get it once, presumably. It's not so, like tithing. Yeah. So yeah, uh, two. Okay. Uh, what about a danger rating where one is something eh, not very dangerous, like you wear a green shirt 
for the day. And then 10 is something very dangerous, like you sit down in an Iron Maiden. That's the thing with the spikes? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like shaped like a human and then the the door is closing. Yeah. And there's spikes from all angles. Well, if that's a 10, I can't quite say a 10, (laughs) but I think faith healing is like one of the most dangerous things we deal with. It really, I mean, God, I mean, when you tell people like, here's the solution and it's not the solution, it just gives room and time for their illness to grow. That's just as simple as it is. So yeah. um, now that you've said Iron Maiden at 10, I'm going to say nine because it's fucking Iron Maiden. <laughs> but yeah, I think faith healing is really scary. Okay. You know, I would say there are people who use faith healing far more maliciously. The Peter Popoffs of the world would say, throw those crutches away. You don't need them. I would say you're right, though, that, you know, he could be definitely owning that and being more responsible for it. I'll say six. We'll say in the video, though, there are people helping people out of their wheelchairs and stuff. Really? Yeah. I wrote on here like, oh, this is becoming a Peter Popoff video. It, uh, it is sad to see the people with tears streaming down their faces and then, you know, attributing these things to him. Uh, though I didn't hear of anyone necessarily eschewing medical services on account of Brazzo, but I'm sure that happens. Right. What would you give this on a creepiness rate? Where <gasps> no. one is something not at all creepy. Like you wake up in the morning and you look down and uh-huh. your dick's there. Okay, good. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm really afraid now to hear the 10. You wake up. Oh, no. You look down. <laughs> <laughs> Your dick's not there. Detachable penis. You know what's there? Is. Okay. Ruining it. Continue. What's there is a vulva, a woman's vulva. And you say to yourself, I'm confused. Yeah. And then you walk to the mirror. And you're a woman, and you're like, well, this isn't so bad. <laughs> but then you look at a newspaper, and the headline reads, Donald Trump named U.S. president. <gasps> that's, that's horrible. That's a 10. That's horrible. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm a woman, and Donald Trump is president. Right. No, that's, that's awful. It's a horrible combination. Okay, okay well... <laughs> My experience was totally non-creepy. Then you had to all creep it up. I know. With all the things he said, uh, I'll still say four. I'll say it registers, but I don't think he was saying anything so wild that you know I haven't heard it from the Herald campings of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Like uh, this is the one rating that's like really just all about the feeling it gives yeah. you and the gazing itself. Mm-hmm. That maybe has some element of the creep factor. Just that there's a bunch of people standing around silently being gazed at. Yeah. But the actual experience itself wasn't, I wouldn't say creepy, it was interesting. I think Vanessa thought it was creepy. Oh, but, okay. But yeah, I didn't feel creeped out. That said, like, our creepiness bar is probably just going higher and higher, which is <laughs> like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> That's true. There's a certain normalizing over time. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it's creepy either. Is it creepy? I guess, yeah. When I'm thinking of him actually locking his gaze on me, it's like a little creepy. I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Cool. Fantastic. Any favorite moments, Carrie? Well, I guess my favorite moment was grinning at him. But my, <laughs> yeah. A close second is just when uh, I saw that the scientific test was A, testing his voice, uh-huh. and B, that it, the test was so bonkers. <laughs> I'll say actually getting gazed at by Bratzo was the highlight because 
uh, again, you're in the moment and you're thinking like, oh goodness, I need to be focused on this. I need to experience it because this is the moment because it's so short and ephemeral and infrequent. There's just something so special about like, finally, I'm getting to see him and be seen by him. But it all didn't work because FYI, one of the things he says, you do have to believe it. It's not one of those things where you can be skeptical it still works. Oh, really? Yep. Oh. So we're fucked. So believing is seeing. Yes. But seeing seeing is is believing. believing. (laughs) And that's it for our show. But that our show is it for us. (laughs) I was wondering how you were going to do that. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. And our show is uh, produced and co-edited by Ian Kramer. You can give us a positive rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform of choice. Please do that. Helps other people find us. We greatly appreciate it. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, We also like it. If you interact with us on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash onrock, where we'll also put photos from this investigation, including me standing next to a cardboard life-sized cutout of Brazzo. Ooh. And you can support us financially at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And that helps us continue to bring these investigations to you. Thank you to all our donors. We hugely appreciate you. We have some really cool stuff coming up in 2017 that I'm excited about. Oh, yeah. A lot of good stuff in the works. Yeah. Uh, Something that's way south of here and something that's quite east of here. Oh, man. Can't wait to tell you about this one. Oh, and also, I just want to say, can I say something real quick about my personal life? Sure. I I might be running for neighborhood council. This is amazing. I know, right? So I'll let you guys know what happens. You have no idea she was strutting around earlier with with (laughs) Ella. Talking about how how I'm a public official, which I'm not. (laughs) It's already gone to her head. Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) And remember... Došli ste u susret meni, braci, mome pogledu ili glasu, ne znajući da li ćete me vidjeti ili čuti. Ali to je nebitno, jer to ne možete niti čuti, niti vidjeti, nego jedino doživjeti i osjetiti. Ja, braco, Shakeup. Max Fun Con is our annual comedy and creativity festival and it changes lives. Max Fun Con West returns to Lake Arrowhead next June and Max Fun Con East is back in the Poconos next September. Tickets for both are on sale right now and they will sell out. Visit maxfuncon.com to buy your tickets today. We can't wait to see you there. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.